week's Alpha Architect Weekly Summary. As always, I got Dr. Jack Vogel here with us to give us his, uh, his insights on each of uh, the papers for this week. Um, yeah, we've got two papers. One is looking at the uh, international evidence on some asset management performance with, within commercial banking. And then the second paper we've got is on diversification. So the first paper is titled uh, Asset Management Within Commercial Banking Groups, International Evidence. So about 40% of mutual funds worldwide are run by asset management division firms of banks. This paper investigates the potential conflict of interest which may lead fund managers to benefit the bank's interest at the expense of fund investors. AKA, there's a conflict of interest here, right? Um, so we're just gonna kind of go through the questions that were generally asked. Um, so Jack, in, in the research of this paper, do commercial bank affiliated funds underperform unaffiliated funds, uh, as well as funds that are affiliated with other types of financial conglomerates and I guess just go with the first part there yeah so um, you know what the what the authors found this paper is that these affiliated funds and again so this is like mutual funds where there's a banking relationship right so like in the US obviously with like Glass-Steagall you couldn't have like an investment management company and a banking relationship and that was repealed you know in 1999 but internationally obviously the rules were different and so there are some fund companies at this paper outlines where there's a banking relationship, i.e. there's like loans given to the company by a bank, right? Um, that, you know, the bank also runs an asset management arm. And so they looked at, hey, how do the funds uh, run by banks that have bank relationships do relative to unaffiliated funds? And what they find is that the the uh, affiliated funds tend to underperform the unaffiliated funds. Um, I think it's like 92 basis points a year on like four factor alpha is what they found over that time period. Right. And that's, yeah. So, so for the funds they looked at, uh, you know, this, this global, this, that's, that's a lot, nine, 92 basis points. Um, and then, so then the second thing they looked at, does the extent of the underperformance of commercial bank affiliated funds increase with the relative size of the lending division and degree of overweighting of the bank's lending client stock? So basically, the more banks lend, where were there, uh, you know, adverse underperformance there too? Yeah, they kind of find like a relationship of like, you know, more loans given out, more relationships on the banking side bigger underperformance, right? Yeah. Um, which kind of could potentially go to the story of, you know, the asset management arm has incentives because if they're a bank that does more loans, does more lending, and that's where they really make their money, the asset management arm may just be like having to possibly, you know, buy some shares of that stock that maybe just because there's a banking relationship, which is, you know, keeping them employed yeah so so yeah so more loans uh yeah more pronounced effect mm -hmm. of this conflict of interest but and and because i think this is interesting as as i was reading through it the paper i was like oh you know see where this is going this is going to make kind of u.s banks uh look look pretty bad right and then there's a lot of you know in the etf space and whatever right there's a lot of um 
banks that have funds as well. So are there differences across countries? Yeah, so there definitely is. Um, actually, like the U.S. banks and U.S. funds are have relatively smaller uh, on, on overall um, underperformance. Um, and, and what they kind of found was there was a like just across because this was across multiple countries. So there were a lot. There's a lot of differing effects. Um, you know, like common law countries had much less underperformance, as well as you know more competition, i.e., the U.S. Um, and maybe some European countries, as well as, um, you know, just like stronger enforcement of laws and regulations. So what they kind of found was like, you know, regulations, um, which we actually have more in the U.S. on that side, as well as competition, uh, made the underperformance smaller to almost none. Right. So. Yeah. So, so not really an issue in the U.S., but issue other places. Um, all right, so, so that, that's the kind of summary on that paper. You can check it out further if you want. Uh, the second paper was written by a good friend of the firm, Larry Suedro, and it, it was titled Asset Diversification in a Flat World. Um, so diversification is one of the few, maybe the only things in investment that doesn't have too much debate. Um, Larry looked at two research papers on diversification, one was from a team of researchers in California. Uh, another was from AQR. The California team's paper was titled Nowhere to Run, Nowhere to Hide, Asset Diversification in a Flat World, which is a pretty catchy title for a paper. Um, Jack, what was this paper attempting to discover? Yeah, so what the paper was kind of looking at was just trying to highlight and show that over time, correlations both intra-asset class, so like within stocks, like across countries, uh, within bonds, within REITs, um, the correlations, or at least how they measure it through like diversification in the paper, it's a little detailed, um, but the way that they measured it, they found that within uh, all the sectors, like stocks, bonds, REITs, as well as even across asset classes, correlations are becoming, or sorry, um, the amount of benefit you get from diversification has been decreasing, i.e. things have become more correlated. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, so, so things are becoming more correlated, so, or more correlated, sorry. And uh, so then Larry had to go on and continue on, on a paper from AQR, um, and that paper was titled, International Diversification Works Eventually. Um, so what were AQR's main ideas for this paper and, and how does that tie together with the first one? Yeah, so, um, you know, kind of in their paper, uh, they, they take a look at, so a lot of times when people say, hey, everything's become more correlated, right? They, they tend to point to the fact that, you know, in a lot of equity type drawdown events, correlations go very close to one, i.e. all global stocks go down, right? But uh, what the AQR paper did was they, they kind of actually looked at it. They said, hey, let's look at, you know, what happens uh, in like short terms as well as long terms. And what they kind of found was that in shorter terms, a lot of like equity correlations, you know, and things moving together has to do with just multiples either contracting or expanding yeah. at the same time, right? So you can imagine like in 08, 09, well, what happened? You know, everything went down. All the multiples contracted everywhere. Yeah. Um, but then what they found across longer time horizons is that actually 
uh, a bigger percentage of the explanation of returns has to do with the actual like economic growth of that country or that region, right? And so I think kind of big level takeaway is, you know, uh, you know, if you're looking like a long-term investor, right, you know, longer term, you know, if you have, you're taking a couple more bets on different countries, regions, et cetera, you know, the long term, it's like going to be the economic, like GDP type growth, yeah. which is what they find. Um, now, they don't say like what's going to be the best bet over the next 10 years, right? right? That's always a hard thing. Larry even points out in that post, you know, in like the mid 2000s, emerging markets returned, I think it was like 33 or 35 yeah. percent. U.S. was like 10, yeah. right? And then the past 10 years, you would have been complete opposite. You would have been preferred to have been just in U.S. because EFI and emerging is pretty much flat, right, right since like 2008. So um, I think what the paper by Ecuador was just saying is that, you know, over long terms, a lot of returns is driven by like growth of countries, growth of GDP. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and as we've pointed out on our site before, you know, at some level, the U.S. Uh, stock market is like anomalous if you compare it to like literally every other stock market ever, yeah. right? Like the high returns of U.S. is higher and you know, hopefully that happens again. But if you do take some diversification, at least you're spreading out your bet. Yeah, yeah. So. You, you want to try to avoid home country bias, I think, is kind of one of the things Larry talks about. Um, yeah, because then if, you're, if your country doesn't grow for 10 years, maybe, maybe you're in trouble too. So diversification, more correlated, but, uh, but you still need to do it, right? Um, yeah. I mean, in general, diversification is good. Um, but as I pointed out, and as Larry showed, there can be times where, you know, diversification may not have been the best bet ex post, right? But it's always easier to look back and say, yeah, I should have been all in on emerging. And then I should have been all in on S&P. That's hard to do. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't do that. Um, all right. Well, th that's our two posts for this week. So we'll see you guys again next week. The views expressed in this recording are the personal views of the participants as of the date indicated and do not necessarily reflect the views of Alpha Architect itself. Nothing contained in this recording constitutes investment, legal, tax, or other advice and should not be viewed as a current or past recommendation or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. The information in this recording is based on current market conditions which will fluctuate and may be superseded by subsequent market events or for other reasons. Alpha Architect does not resume any duty to update forward-looking statements. The information in this recording has been developed internally and or obtained from sources believed to be reliable. However, no representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made or given by or on behalf of Alpha Architect as to the accuracy and completeness or fairness of the information contained in this recording. Any liability as a result of this recording, including direct, indirect, special, or consequential loss or damage is expressly disclaimed. Copyright 2018, Alpha Architect LLC, all rights reserved.